I just got off the phone with one of our partners three days ago and she said, every single person that you're bringing to the table is far, far and away better than any of the people that are, that we're finding on our own with experience. Because what they're coming with is um, maybe they have tangential experience doing something else, but they are really hungry, driven, and ready to go. They're learners, they're demonstrating what they can do. And she just said, just in general, they're more hungry right now than what we've seen and what we're finding on our own. And and so it was fascinating because uh, I, I actually told her, I'm like, you have candidates in front of you right now I need a decision on. She said, I know. I told my managers, I'm telling them to stop giving us people because you guys need to make these decisions in the next 24 hours. And so that, that was kind of the funny little uh, conversation that we had to have because they were just like, send us a couple more. There's probably a couple more really good ones. You know, and it was like, no, you have great ones right now. So they did, it was, it was a great conversation. Hi friends, welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. That was Christine Rogers. Christine is the president and COO at Aspireship. And in our conversation, we talk about the Aspireship program. If you haven't heard of it, Aspireship is a program that individuals enroll in to prepare themselves for a position in sales at a SaaS company. As they call it, reskilling and job placement platform that helps you pivot your career into SaaS sales. So we dive into the components of the Aspireship program, who it's for, what people learn that prepares them to be more qualified candidates for SaaS sales jobs. We also talk about Aspireship's business model and how they make money and what the longer term vision is for the company. And we also talk about the data and what it's revealing about the graduates of the Aspireship program and how they are faring in the workplace. We get into all of this and much, much more. But before we get to Christine, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it. And also want to remind you to check out my latest book, Sell Without Selling Out. In it, you'll find a modern, human-centric framework for increasing your win rates and shortening decision cycles without having to resort to the salesy behaviors that your buyers really dislike. It's available everywhere you shop for books, online, and in stores. Okay, let's jump into it with Christine. Christine, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. This is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Well, see, you're so optimistic. You're thinking that even before we get started. Well, I'm just put, I'm setting expectations. I'm putting it right into your brain what I want to do today. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, gosh, now I feel pressure. So, all right. So tell us a little bit about you and what you do. I am the president and COO of a company called Aspireship. And what we do is we help individuals that want to get into tech sales, so specifically SaaS. We mm-hmm. um, have an online course that is free for them to take. And if they can successfully complete and pass the course, we will introduce them to our hiring partners who basically agree with our, um, our way of being and our way of thinking around um, competency and character trumps experience. And so they are already primed to say yes to candidates based on their aptitude and what they can prove competency in rather than their resume. Okay. All right. Well, so we'll dig into all those things. So. Great. What was the impetus to start Aspireship? So Corey is the CEO. He and I had worked together at a previous company. And, you know, my my company at that time, they had just acquired his company when I was hired as a sales leader. So I was teaching them to sell two types of 
uh, you know, both the core product and also then upselling his product. And we kept hearing over and over, especially Corey was hearing, how do I get into sales? If I'm a tech support rep and I want to get into sales, I was like, sure, I'll take you, but you have, you have to be able to do the job, Can't, you know, and you have to pick up a quota. And that really scared people. They were like, I really, I think I can, but I'm not sure. How can I figure that out without doing? And mm. so um, a few years ago, Corey came to me and said, Christine, I have this idea. What would you want? You know, you've hired hundreds and hundreds of salespeople over the last 10 years. What would you want them to know before they ever walked in the door? And what, if we could have someone prove competency around it, what would it be? And that's how we built the course. So it's a foundational course, both hard and soft skills, that really does kind of teach them the overview of what it means to be in a SaaS company and also has a consultative selling methodology as long, along with it. And the course, actually, they have to both complete an assessment at the end that has multiple choice and also they have to complete role plays that are then hand scored. So, so the goal for for the companies that are hiring people out of your program is they get what? Somebody that it's decreasing the chances of a bad hire? I believe that most sales leaders will tell you that some of their best hires they've ever made didn't look great on paper, but they've done extremely well. And they're trying mm -hmm. to replicate that over and over again. Like, how do I find more of those people that are like the diamonds in the rough that that nobody would give a chance because those people right. are amazing individuals. They are great as far as, you know, personality and what they add to the team. They're very um, they're they're very hungry and driven, like somebody give me a chance and I'll do the job. And so I think we've all you know, most sales leaders would say we look for those people. We're now just being able to highlight those individuals in a better way for those companies to be able to say, you don't have to guess because the way we present them is almost like uh, almost like a dating profile to it's like watch them actually do the work. We actually show them one of their raw role plays. We we add in details around them that have more to do with their whole person rather than just, you know, 30% to goal, blah, 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 all these different numbers that they may not have if they haven't done sales before. And then we also, you know, embed a couple of different things in there. So they really do get a chance to see them in action before, before ever having to bring them into the hiring process. And what it does is it gives candidates um, a, a different way to showcase their talent. And we tell them, you know, the least interesting thing about this entire profile is the clickable link to LinkedIn and the resume attached. The most interesting thing is watch them do the work and then look at the resume and you'll be surprised that they haven't had that. <laughs> they haven't had that experience and watch them do it. They actually can. So we're, we're showing and showcasing people in a totally different way and it's all through the product. So the, your customers are not the students, your customers are the companies that are hiring people that come through your program. Correct. And what do they, you know, it's, it's sort of interesting because all these SaaS companies in general, not so your clients, but it's, it's, um, there's been lots of discussions on LinkedIn about frustration, people expressing that they want to get a job in SaaS, but 
disqualified because they don't have SAS experience. Yeah. So people coming through your program still don't have that experience. Correct. And are they able to be considered sort of on par with people that the employer might hire who do have that? Well, I believe so. I mean, our partners, there are, I just got off the phone with one of our partners three days ago and she said, every single person that you're bringing to the table is far, far and away better than any of the people that are, that we're finding on our own with right. experience, because what they're coming with is, um, maybe they have tangential experience doing something else, but they are really hungry, driven and ready to go. They're learners. They're demonstrating what they can do. And she just said, just in general, they're more hungry right now than what we've seen and what we're finding on our own. And, and so it was fascinating because uh, I, I actually told her, I'm like, you have candidates in front of you right now. I need a decision on. She said, I know. I told my managers, I'm telling them to stop giving us people because you guys need to make these decisions in the next 24 hours. And so that, that was kind of the funny little uh, conversation that we had to have because they were just like, send us a couple more. There's probably a couple more really good ones, you know? And it was like, no, you have great ones right now. So they did. It was, it was a great conversation, but you know, it's fascinating for sure. Well, how do people get into your program? So how does the, and this, and you to be specific, you're training people to be SDRs, right? SDRs, BDRs. Um, we've actually placed some people in account management roles as well okay. because they were much, uh, they had had kind of that customer experience background and we had a client that um, was looking for an account manager. We think we've placed five account managers as well, which was interesting. So that expand uh, rep, um, we placed full cycle AEs. And the, the course is just one foundational course, but through the course and also through our interviews with them, we can tell where they need to be. And we can also talk through, yeah, the, I think you would do better at an SDR role right now um, or a BDR role or, or one of these, you know, one of those types of kind of starter roles versus, right. I'm, you know, some people that have had and carried a bag would not want to take an SDR role. So we also have full cycle AE roles that we place for as well that those individuals have carried a quota. So basically, they're not sure before taking our course if they are well suited for an inside sales role either. So this helps them understand, do I like this? If I've maybe been an outside sales rep, I might not know if I would do well. And I'm sure we've all had that experience of hiring people that you know, had millions of dollars of quota and then come work for us and they're miserable. And we're like, whoa, how did this go so wrong? So this is also helping assess those individuals as well. Okay, so how does someone apply, get into your program? There is no application process. You just come in. It's a top, the top of the funnel is wide open. We don't, because we're not asking them for a credit card. We're not asking them for anything. If you can do the work, then we will work with you and help you try to get placed with one of our partners. It, well, so take us through the 30 days. What, what sure. does that look like? It's on demand. So they come in, they go to aspireship.com, sign up and take the course. And it takes, you know, we, you have 30 days to complete it. Mm -hmm. You have 30 days to complete it for free. If you take longer than that and want to pay, we do have a one-time fee. It's $180 for unlimited access to everything. So we actually had our candidates come back and a lot of our grads say, 
I'd like to continue coming into the coursework and also into the virtual library, which we have about 60 to 70 hours in there of additional training. So they actually, they're the ones that said to us, like, we don't want to be kicked out in 30 days. Can we pay something mm -hmm. to stay with you and continue getting education? So we have a Slack channel. We have a community now. And um, it's 180 bucks for unlimited for, for the rest of your life. But during the 30 days, how many hours mm -hmm. does it take? It, it's 20 to 30 hours of work. Okay. And so give us an example, sort of the coursework. What does it, what is it? comprised of or, yeah so it's everything from you know here's how you handle objections so we take them through we use proactive selling by skip miller we use his uh, methodology so he is in the course multiple times or you know discovery questions different things like mm -hmm. that objections um we also have coursework around you know here's basic salesforce acumen so if you need to use salesforce that would be important um we do things like what is customer experience why does it matter why does it matter in a SaaS company what is demand gen? Um, how do you become a top performer? How do you engage with senior leadership? Uh, you know, so different things like that that are a little bit more soft skills, but also information about how a SaaS company really makes money and, and why it's important to keep good customers. Mm -hmm. So those are examples of some of the coursework that we have. And so somebody gets at the end of, and is there at any point in that time, do you talk about, um, do they get, coaching or not till they're done so at done. the end okay. they have to complete the course and get to uh and get to the end pass the assessment and then at that point if they pass we then we uh engage with them and have a grad call and then we get a lot of information from them about what they're looking for mm -hmm. and yeah interesting so um so what percentage of your, your graduates do you place? Well, that's an interesting question. We don't force them to go with our sure. partners. Right. Right. So, so about, I would say, um, when we look at it on a sliding scale, within about 90 days, I believe the last number that we saw was mm -hmm. about half get placed within 90 days of coming through the program, whether they're finding it on their own using a certificate that says I'm an Aspireship grad right. and, or, you know, we're actually placing them, you know, with one of our hiring partners. Right. We would love to place everyone with our hiring partners, obviously, but sometimes people are using, you know, what they're learning as well. And, you know, we kind of, we knew this would always be, you know, we'd have some leakage, you know, that we would never sure. be able to probably place everyone, but it's actually been very good. Like watching, um, you know, you don't want us to feel bummed out when people find something on their own. We want to celebrate them as well because they're still, they're still getting into a SaaS company when they had, you know, I had one gal that she had applied to 83 companies and the first company that we presented her to she went through the process and got hired and she actually panicked like that. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Is this like, our, is this going to be okay? You know, cause it was so strange. You know, the experience was so different. Well, 83 companies, did she have a sense of why just cause lack of experience that she was being rejected? Did she ever get to talk to anybody at all? Do you know? You know, she did, she did. Um, but I, I mean, she said predominantly she believes she didn't have experience and she was just applying for any SDR jobs that she could possibly, 
you know, see and click, 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 you know, trying to work through those. She was going through hiring processes, but right. also we're, again, we're bringing more color to the conversation on a candidate. We're not just, you know, you're not looking at something you're actually experiencing like, wow, I really like the way that that person solved this problem different than how this person solved that problem. You know, so you get a little bit of a different sense of how they're, how creative they are or, right. you know, how they problem solve. Right. Yeah. Cause they're seeing videos from the, the training. So mm -hmm. when they're doing the role play, just explain how that works then. Is um, it against, so uh, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Is it Go ahead. Explain. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. So how does the role play work? So I based this off of what I would typically do in a hiring motion when I would be hiring sales reps. Right. So I would give, I'm, we try to give them real life scenarios. So um, we actually give them a couple of practice role plays as well so they can understand how it's going to work mm -hmm. and that they need to pay attention to the prompt that they're going to receive. And then the system will essentially say, okay, record it. And then you get to record your response and then move to the next one. So if you um, don't do pay attention to what the prompt is, so I'll give you an example. Uh, one of the prompts is you receive an inbound lead. Uh, this is the information on the lead. You need to call it. And so it's like prompt number one, introduce yourself and set expectations for the call. Or it'll just say, you know, something very simple like that so that right. we can see, can they take the concepts and actually put them into practice? And then we'll tell them, you know, um, maybe a prompt down the way. Um, okay. You now understand what they do. Ask an above the line question, for instance. So we can see, do they understand how to ask a different kind of question from the, you know, we use above and below the line or from the user buyer versus the economic buyer or your champion versus, you know, whoever's the decision maker. So we want to make sure they understand different questioning. How mm -hmm. do you ask different questions? What are those questions? And then, um, you know, it'll say, sounds like you have everything you need and you need to set time to meet with them again. And then we see what they do there. So, right. you know, so it's, it's very step-based, but it's a full fluid conversation, which is what I would want to see. Mm -hmm. But is there, there's not another person on the other end. It's that it's an automatic prompt they're getting. It is a, a recorded person. Okay. Got it. They are responding to. So, uh, it is interesting because there are people that don't pay attention to the prompts. And so when it says that, you know, this is Jason, he has, this is what the CRM says. So introduce yourself, you know, you are an account executive from this company and this is what you're selling. We already have told them in advance, this is the company, this is the company you work for. Mm -hmm. This is what they do. So we've given them full information. So again, this is testing, can they be savvy enough and detail oriented enough to look at and use the information given and then put it to use? Mm -hmm. So you have any data about how you know, the graduates are, are performing? Yes, we do. So that is a metric that we track because I think that's a really important one. So number one, at the 90 day mark, um, I believe that's where it's a hiring problem versus not a hiring problem. That's about right. Um, so we look at the 90 day mark. Are they in good standing? And currently we're at 92% of our grads that we placed are in good standing in the companies that they're in at the 90 day mark. 
there and in good standing. So I think that's a really important metric. Any others? That are important? Well, yeah. Do you look beyond the 90 days in terms of, yeah, percentage reps that are performing at expected levels beyond the 90 days? little bit hard to get that information. Okay. So <laughs> because as they, you know, as they move forward, we hear a lot from our grads. Uh, we are seeing our grads progress. And now that we've had some there that have been there quite some time, um, you know, that's been great seeing them move forward. Uh, seeing, you know, I don't have the numbers that I will have mm-hmm. that will tell us a little bit more. It's, it's a little tricky to get the information because every company is a little different about what they would say in right. good standing. So uh, that's made it a little challenging. So roughly how many people have gone through the program so far? Well, it's interesting because if you look at the top of the funnel, it is about, we place the top 10% is what it comes down to. So the top of the funnel, a lot of people self-select out over time. Uh, through maybe they just don't want to do it. They realize this wasn't for them. So a lot of people use this as a guide to whether this will be something they actually want to do, um, which is really interesting. Oh, so Um, they self-select out of the program. They enroll, but then they don't complete it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And as we've gone back and done a lot of check-ins, like, hey, why did you stop? Or you seemed, you know, pretty engaged and then you stopped. And we've gotten a lot of feedback that it was just, you know, hey, I actually realized this was not for me. I got to the first time I had to do a role play and realized like, oh, this is really uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. So there are a lot of people I would say, you know, now we have over a thousand people a month coming in the top of funnel. So we have grads at the rate of about, you know, between 80 and 120 a month that are coming through that are mm-hmm. successfully completing the program and that are, um, you know, at graduate level. And we believe that we can place them and they will definitely find jobs. Hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> Your no, I, face is so funny right now. You're, I can tell you're really processing all of it. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Great. Yeah, personally, people aren't, people aren't going to see the video, though, so they don't get to see oh. the face. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's... So what, what's been the impact of, yeah, sort of the great resignation in terms of you finding people coming into the program that are career switching? Uh, What are you finding? Well, I think it's really interesting because I think, like I said, most sales leaders, we are always looking for pockets of individuals that are like, good. You know, I remember one time I was like, oh, I found a really great realtor. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe realtors are really great for this, you know? Mm. And so I hired a few and it was not indicative of whether they could do it or not. So I was like, oof. That was brutal. Okay, so what I'm really loving is we had a slew of people come from hospitality uh, okay. last year. Last year, we had a lot of hospitality people moving in. And um, they were doing very well. And also, they are they are still at many of the companies that we place them at doing very well. And because they're very so- service-oriented right. and very, you know, now others aren't. So it was helpful to kind of really allow people to feel as much as possible, emulate how uncomfortable it can sometimes be, you know, it through the work. And um, so that was last year. Mm -hmm. Then this year, we're seeing a lot of teachers, lots of teachers. So um, teachers are another group that I think um, have high capacity for this work. 
but it can also be um, very different for them and a very different understanding of the type of work. So um, I will say the teachers that we're seeing come through the program that are doing very well, I would say are, are very well suited for this. They're nailing the role plays. They're not just, it's, nobody is like in the middle. <laughs> they either yeah. are not doing well or they are just absolutely doing phenomenal and in in their understanding of how to make it work. Yeah, I mean, being a, a teacher, I mean, of all the people I've interviewed on my show, a large number of people start off in education and moved into sales. Mm -hmm. That seemed to be a fairly well-trod path for people. It's mm -hmm. just, yep. you get into a couple of years, maybe you find it challenging, but yeah, I mean, teachers aren't uh, overpaid by a stretch of imagination, right? So yeah, looking for more income, sales seem to be a sort of an interesting path. So what's next for Aspireship? Have you ever consider doing something similar for managers? We have. Um, I think that we have some companies that actually use us for hiring, but also use our platform. So, you know, they might have SDRs that they want to then get into closing roles. They'll actually use some of our training and our platform and things to do that. Mm -hmm. I think it could be very, very useful as far as for a path for our grads that are like, okay, great. I've been in my company that you placed me in for a, you know, a year now. And right. I want to get into, I want to be the team lead. I want to be the manager. What can you do? I think we'll absolutely have some things for them as well. Good. As far as the path, you know, what that looks like, what do you need to know before, you know, also, are you well suited for it? That's another thing is sure. it's the same question, right? Is, are you well suited for this? Do you enjoy this? Well, yeah, I think a couple things would be useful. One is, is you know, companies have this tendency to want to promote high performers into management, yeah. which, you know, clearly is mismatched. And many of them, you know, are not well-suited, but they have really no frame of reference, right? It's they don't know mm -hmm. whether it's something that would suit them. They think it's something they should want to do, but yeah, maybe it's just not for them. So having some way to have people sense and get a sense of what that'd be before they join as a manager, I think would be great. But also, we just need to do a better job of enabling managers. So, um, yeah, I think they can help in that regard. I think would be useful too. Yeah, I think so, especially because they're they already are accustomed. Most of our people that are doing the unlimited plan, they're very accustomed to our type and style. And I bring lots of different people in um, to do our Aspireship Live webinars that we do. And so mm -hmm. they're getting a lot. You know, it's not one size fits all. It's there are a lot of different ways to do sales. There are a lot of different methodologies. We're probably, while we're giving you a consultative methodology to start with, that's foundational. And you're going to bring bits and pieces of lots of different types of thinking around this. And that's good. And we want them to do that. So they're very accustomed to how we think about that. Right. And so I think it would make sense that those that want to stay around will come to us for all of those things too. Yeah. So when you're selling your services to your hiring partners... So yeah. what, what's sort of the biggest objection you get? Usually there's some, um, it, because it's, it's two buyers, right? It's whoever's doing, uh, the sales leaders within five minutes of talking to me, they get it. They're like mm -hmm. all day long. I wish I could have, this was, yes, this is what I need. I need to know if somebody can do it. Right. <laughs> I need an, I don't care about all these other things. Right. So the sales leaders get it. The interesting 
challenge we have sometimes is with uh, the talent acquisition side. Because the established way of thinking is that the ATS pulls from the resume, does these things, this is what we do. And so, um, you know, really the way that I think about that is we want to enhance what talent acquisition is already doing in the business. And usually talent acquisition individuals and leaders, they are very, they're not awesome at sales hiring because it's, it's, it's something you have to really, it, it's just its own unique little sure. thing. Sure. And so, so we want to be able to help, but sometimes I think that that can, um, you know, butt up against the established way of thinking there. So then I've got, you know, a, a sales leader and a talent acquisition leader that are a little bit at odds around how they're going to solve this problem called, right. I need reps carrying quota in a month. Right. And I need them. I don't, we get, we need them and we need them yesterday. So, so that can be a little bit of a challenge just having those types of conversations, <laughs> just making, uh, making sure we're all treading lightly and being respectful. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I think talent acquisition would, would welcome this just because they have to be having, well, even the best of circumstances, it's hard to recruit, but these days in particular, very hard to find, find people. It so is. I think and also, you know, it could be the other way as well, where talent acquisition is like, we need somebody, we don't want to pick a regular firm. We want to try something new here. And these are individuals that are not having to sign anything or do an income share agreement or anything. These are people that are giving of their time and are nobody's making them do it. So right. they, these are people that we want. And sometimes the sales leaders are, you know, are, on the other hand, are, are saying things like, I don't know if he can do it because he hasn't done it before. So right. what we've got, you know, for the most part, though, I will say once I talk to people for just a few minutes, this all makes sense. If you've been in our space for any length of time, you know that there's some antiquated thinking that in order to get great people that want to stay for any length of time, you're going to have to do something different. Yeah, well, you 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 talked about income share. Um, so there are firms, though, that are doing that basically analogous to what you're doing, except their model is reps coming in, signing an agreement to share some portion of their income for some period of time. How typically do those work? Um, that's what some of the other kind of like training boot camps and things do. We just started this company. We never wanted to do that um, because we wanted it to truly be a meritocracy that if you could do the work, then you can, mm -hmm. you know, this is what it is. And, um, yeah. So I don't want to say much about that other than like it was a choice that we made early on to allow as many people the possibility, uh, you know, to come in and to, to learn. And right. some of those will get paid for and some of those we won't. But at the end of the day, uh, I will say even when our grads have gone to other companies, it has always been great because they do well. And then usually the leader's like, where did you learn this? Mm -hmm. You know, and so it ends up being you know, they'll say, you know, talk to Christine. She, the, the, their team helped me and I found you guys before they could even place me. And so it ends up being, I, I get lots of very interesting conversations from our people going out in the world and doing great work. And uh, so that's worked out pretty well for us too. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Christine, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This is a great conversation. I appreciate it. Yeah, you. no, I appreciate you coming. So if people want to learn more about Aspireship or connect with you, what's the best way to do that? We're at aspireship.com, and you can certainly connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm all over LinkedIn. Perfect.
All right, Christine, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. I'm so grateful for your support of the show. And I want to thank my guest, Christine Rogers, for sharing her insights with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, Sales Enablement with Andy Paul, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, thank you so much for investing your time with me today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. <laughs>